Welcome back to another very special Andrew Says. They're all special for you, aren't they? Of course they are. Now, this week we had a big venue booked for you, but things happened. Canada Day happened. The 4th of July, travel restrictions, people... You know, we have our problems. So what we're going to do this week for you instead, we're going to put a little compilation episode for you. Some of our most patriotic episodes with the most patriotic guests for Canada Day and the 4th of July. You know them, you love them all. So please enjoy this very special episode of Andrew Says Patriot Edition. You know, I don't think that it is. I think that there are still times where there are a lot of young people going to, say, a public school or something, and their parents taught them about Trump or Christianity or something like that, and they go and they talk about it. And yeah, they might be in some ways a pariah with some people that they know, but I don't think I don't think we're in a totalitarian state or anything like that. I want to talk about a recent video of Amala's I saw about trans ideology, where she's going off about that. And personally, I think conservatives have lost ground on this debate, and they basically conceded the idea that this isn't, you know, that it is reality. There, there's no longer the discussion that it's not reality and you're not basically mm-hmm. adhering to somebody's fantasy. And uh, I wanted to talk about a quote that I wrote down from yours. It said, affirmation of mm-hmm. this identity is very harmful to mental health. Can you expand on that, please? Sure. I mean, I I do have my gripes with the conservative movement when it comes to transgenderism because I don't think they are having the discussions that need to be had and they're not having it in a way that is compassionate towards the transgender community. I think we need to recognize that they're the people who identify with the transgender community truly identify with this. They are truly experiencing body dysmorphia or they have been convinced of experiencing that. But what you do by simply blindly affirming what they are and what gender they choose to be is you're actually harming these young people people and, and adults and whoever is part of this community. The rates of suicide within the transgender community, one of the smallest demographics of our population, are exponentially high when compared to other demographics. So why are we not talking about that? Clearly, our blind affirmation and our subscription to puberty blockers and hormone therapy and sex reassignment surgery, are that treatment is not working because looking at the studies, which there are very few that have been done and very few that have been done long term, that sort of affirmation, especially clinical and medical affirmation, is not changing the rates of attempted and successful suicide. So if you truly care about trans people, if you are truly compassionate for the struggle that they are going through with their identity and who they believe themselves to be, you should look at treatment forms that are not having them killing themselves and committing suicide at the rate that they are doing currently. Clearly what you're doing is not working. And we're hearing stories of teenagers that are going into clinics and expressing body dysmorphia and undergoing hormone therapy within a couple months of of expressing that confusion. That is not what should be happening. Will, what do you think the hesitancy is on people willing to, people's willingness to talk about this? You don't hear this discussed a lot in mainstream or alternative media besides Will and I'm all alive, if I may say so. <laughs> yeah, no, we are the only outlet. So if you guys want to hear all about this <laughs> stuff, make sure that you're tuned into our show. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we just saw the other day, this was maybe three days ago, there were Republicans on the House steps with masks on outside waving a trans flag. What the hell are you doing? Republicans, you're supposed to be Republicans. You're supposed to be the conservative party. And then you are abandoning your values. Like, what are you doing? The hesitancy to talk about these things is because these people are weak. It's not because they don't know all the facts. It's not because they don't have their their wits about them. These people are smart. They're in office. They know what they're doing. Many people are smart. They're weak. 
They are weak and will not go and talk about it because they're scared of what other people are going to think about them. This is why the Republican Party in, in, in America is essentially dead. Because they are weak and cater to the left, what, what, whatever they want them to do. The people who are in the GOP in America care more about what the New York Times says about them, cares more about what the Washington Post says about them than what they're actually doing to help their constituents, the people who put them into office. So, you know, all of these people who won't talk about it and, and, and dance around the issue, it's because you're weak. And I am asking you right now that if you say you're a conservative and you believe in these things, stop being, stop being weak and actually stand up for the truth. Stand up for what you know is right and say what is actually real. Otherwise, we just keep losing more and more ground to the left. And it's because of you. You are to blame. I definitely agree. And it sounds like you've been watching a lot of Andrew Says lately, so I can't disagree with any of that. Every day, man. Every day. <laughs> it's a once a week show, Will. Stop with your lies. <laughs> no, I watch the same episode over and over okay. every single day to prepare it's like me. Seinfeld for, for you. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of you know, the culture getting away and being weak. Uh, the Thomas Jefferson statue in New York City Hall is being taken down or was just taken down. Trump predicted this, by the way. Where do you guys think the country is headed? In which direction? Are we blackpilling ourselves and saying it's unsavable? Are we still trying to turn it around? Are we seceding to more Republican states? What's your opinion on this? I, I always like to err on the side of things being salvageable. So that's where my belief lies right now. But I think it's a long fight. I don't think people are quite as aware of how pervasive these problems are. I know the wokeism in America has generally been growing, at least from what I've seen working on the left to being on uh, the conservative side now. We, America looks totally different from the America that it was five years ago. And if we don't put a halt to this and start talking about it and teaching our history and teaching rightful history, history uh, to Americans. It's not going to solve anything. We're not going to get fixed. There is a, a KGB defector by the name of Yuri Bezmenov that I encourage everybody to look up and listen to because he stipulated that ideological subversion, sort of deviating from reality and changing everybody's perception of what's real, started back in the 1960s here in America. We've completely educated a full generation since then. So it's going to take uh, you know, deviating back to our true American values, our true history. What is a biological male? What is a biological female? And teaching a whole new generation of that before a change is going to occur. So it is a long, long battle and people aren't ready for the exhaustion and the fight that it truly takes and they need to be. Are you guys thinking about leaving California yet? Well, I know I've heard you say things like Texas is going to be blue in five to 10 years. Is there going to be a point where you guys think about leaving? Um, have you already thought about it? What do you think about that? I feel like living in California, I've used this analogy before, is, is like living in East Berlin and watching the, the Berlin Wall go up. And right now we're kind of just looking at it like, oh, that's a weird wall. And then by the time that the wall gets all the way built, it's too late. It's too late. So my advice to people who are in these these places that are incredibly blue, especially the people who are struggling, which there are many in California, is to leave. Is to leave and go to West Berlin. Get over that wall before it's too late. I, I think that's what people need to do. I understand the, the stand and fight argument and trying to stay and fight, but it gets to a point where you can't do anything. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. There comes a point when it is too late for a certain place, right? If you are in some, some battle hundreds of years ago and you lose a fortress and you don't have the men to retake it, you don't stupidly stay and fight. You, you go back to another place 
battleground or to another uh, safe hold to regather your troops, right? To say that we just need to stay and fight for something that is dead makes no sense to me. So granted, Amal and I are still here. We're figuring out plans and trying to see what, what can happen in the future. Um, you know, I'm not saying you need to leave right now and get a like immediately, but but think about it because there there comes a time when evil is too pervasive and and too deep that that you as an individual can no longer be surrounded by that. It is toxic. It is toxic waste to be surrounded by so much of this stuff in California. I will add though, uh, yeah, don't don't be confused. And to the point that Will made about Texas being blue, the the wokeism and the leftism and that sort of organizing, that grassroots organizing, which the left is fantastic at, I know because I did it, uh, is happening in all those great states too. It's happening in Texas. It's happening in Tennessee. It's happening in Florida. I came from a leftist organization in Florida, and that organization has only grown since I've left it. So it's going to be happening everywhere. And I think if you are in a state that is not supporting your values, uh, the most important thing you can do in the short term is build a small community of people that do or find a local government that does support your values, because at least that is something to uh, find solace in and find community in. I think part of the blame is the, the media's willingness to, you know, push things blatantly in one direction. And what I'm talking about is the Rittenhouse case. And w without even getting into the specifics, they were able to get away with literally lying about laws that are on the books for a year. They're able to get away with narratives. I think it was the Telegraph in the UK that said he shot three black people. Um, yep. And then CNN only after it looks like they're going to get sued and he's acquitted. Are they now backpedaling and starting to inject facts? Oh, it turns out that this is what actually happened. Do you think there's going to be any progression towards media accountability where, you know, they're not basically strangling the American uh, viewer into thinking one way. Do you think there's going to be any blowback? Because I remember back in the day, and really dating myself here, it seemed like after an election, if some certain journalists got it wrong, they were gone, you know? But once Trump got elected, they couldn't really admit they were wrong. Do you think we sort of, sort of gear back towards that? Or are they just so dug in now, you guys, that they're never, ever going to turn it around? I think no. I don't think that it will turn around. I think that either they stick to their guns with being wrong all the time, which they are wrong all the time. They either stick to that and never admit that they were wrong or be destroyed. I don't think that they will ever come and, and get a backbone again. They have done too much. It's like you commit enough evil acts. You know, there comes a point where it's like, you know, can you really turn that around? Can CNN really become a good publication? I don't think so. They, they're too they're too terrible, okay? They're literally too terrible. The Washington Post, I mean, the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, who has special interests. I mean, you really think that's going to turn around because they got a couple facts wrong that don't really matter and no one's going to hold them accountable? No. They are either going to continue to do what they do to an even greater degree because they can, or they are going to absolutely implode and destroy themselves. So those are the two options. Well, the lockdown theme uh, is a worldwide theme. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that 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 is dealing with something that goes beyond even, um, you know, the local government, the state government, or even the federal government. I mean, it's the CDC, I think, for the most part, influencing that policy, maybe uh, Fauci at the NI, uh, NHIH or whatever it is. Uh, but I think that for states, when you look at Florida or you look at Texas or some of the other ones that have stayed open, like a South Dakota, uh, you know, that that is something that should be looked at. You should be saying, hey, here are the states that have opened here, are the states that haven't. And then you can do a compare and contrast. Notice that the Democrat states like New York and Illinois and California had to have hundreds of billions of dollars of bailout money 
in the stimulus bill because their states were collapsing. But the lockdown thing, I mean, that's really a worldwide theme uh, that, that is just, I believe, a, a drill being run worldwide right now, just worldwide government, global government. We're all experiencing that right now. So I think that that's more of the issue that we're dealing with here. Uh, but as far as most other issues, I think that the state is probably the the answer when trying to get the federal government off your back. And what you see in Florida and South Dakota and Texas kind of rejecting the masks, rejecting the lockdowns, I think that that's kind of been a key factor. Oh, and you're, you're getting dangerous here. You're making too much sense. We're going to have to pull the plug on this interview. Um, I, I think the media has a big role to play in this, and I often ask people if they think um, a lot of the media members, I'm talking the CNNs, the MSNBCs, are they bad at their job or are they just lying? So I often ask that question. I want to ask that to you, but let me play an interaction you had once with somebody from CNN, Van Jones, and I want to juxtapose that with him crying on election night. So let's see if we can play that one. Here's what I believe about Donald Trump. I believe that Donald Trump is not a racist. I believe that Donald Trump is worse than a racist. Now, let me tell you why I think he's worse than a racist. Okay. A racist is someone who believes that his group is superior to another group. That's a racist. Now, that's pretty bad. Hey, how you doing, brother? Good, Good to see, see you. you. Yeah, man. That's pretty bad to think that your group is good and another group is bad. That's, that's horrible. Who's Donald Trump's group? But Trump is worse than that. Trump is a racial opportunist. He actually doesn't... Well, actually, no, I think... Oh, no, 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 You want it, you want it this, you want it this. I think you're a racial opportunist. Maybe so, but here's the deal, here's the deal. This is why I want to walk away, because I didn't know if you were the man who had enough character to listen to my answer. So it's a character test for you. I'm sorry, man. Okay, very good. you're bad, you're No, no, I'm saying it's a test. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. So, now... You ask the question, is Donald Trump a racist? I say Donald Trump is not a racist. I say he is worse than a racist. He's a racial opportunist. In other words, he uses other people's racial anxieties, other people's possible uh, racial antipathies, or just uh, discomfort, and he plays with it for his own purposes, which means he doesn't think that his group is better than anybody else. He thinks everybody's stupid. He's playing all of us. That's what I think about Donald Trump. It's, um, well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. Being a good person matters. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. So, Owen, try to hold back your tears on this one. On one hand, he's joking around with you. He's, you know, Trump is just a racial grifter. He'll give credit to Kushner and Trump other times. But other times, you know, everything's a white lash, and he, he's crying about how tough it is to be a parent in America. Is there any way to determine whether or not these people are just bad or at their jobs or just lying? I think that it's it's a case by case thing, honestly. I think that you have to go case by case when dealing with these media people. Like for example, Anderson Cooper, I think is just a known liar. That that one I think <laughs> many people would have to uh, have accepted by now. But you know, when you talk about Van Jones, it's rare. Now here here's the credit that I will give to Van Jones because I've had the opportunity to 
meet face to face almost every CNN host. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Tapper, Lemon, Blitzer, Cooper, and and Jones. I guess he's not a host, but Van was the only one that actually talked to me. Every other one refuses to talk to me. They all had security come brush me away. Uh, Tapper was probably the meanest of all of them. Uh, but there was an energy to Anderson Cooper. Let me just tell you, like our cell phone equipment stopped working. But anyway, I'll stop right there. <laughs> I'll stop right there. So here's the thing with Van Jones. You can tell that there's a realness to the guy. There's a there's a you know, he, he can he can be real with you. You could probably sit down at a bar and enjoy a cold beverage with him and it wouldn't be such a bad experience. But he's obviously ex he's obviously exaggerating his emotions on TV. He's obviously selling to the audience. He's been caught on Project Veritas tape admitting mm -hmm. that he knew Russian collusion was a fake story, but yet they ran with that for three years. So so he, he, he doesn't have the most integrity, I would say, when it comes to being a reporter or a newsman. But he's smart enough to get by. He's smart enough to do what he needs to do to be successful on TV. He came out of the Obama administration. He's obviously a smart guy. But the funniest thing about that clip has to be the blatant hypocrisy of Van Jones saying uh, saying Trump is a racial opportunist when that's everything CNN is. I mean, everything he just said is exactly what the liberal media does, whether it's George Floyd or Jacob Blake or Michael Brown and all the big lies that they tell. So, I mean, that's just incredible hypocrisy there from Van Jones. But uh, I think I think Van Jones is probably the better, better way to, ex to describe his situation would be he's just he's kind of an actor. He's, he's more of an actor on TV. He's smart enough that he knows what to say, what not to say. And so he's been successful on CNN coming out of the Obama administration. And he knew Russian collusion was fake news, but he still talked about it. So that's kind of one example of just Van Jones. Now, can we take any merit in watching the CNNs or the MSNBCs, or maybe your favorite, the Young Turks, I'd imagine, is probably your favorite? <laughs> um, or should we just watch them to see what the other side is saying? I don't watch a single second of the Young Turks. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I don't think I don't see any I don't see any perceived value coming out of anything <laughs> they do. Uh, I, I mean, there isn't I think there's maybe some inherent value in, in watching CNN or MSNBC or some of the mainstream news that, that I just I, I monitor just to monitor what their narratives are and to kind of see where they're trying to go, where they're going to go next, what they're saying, because you have to counter their lies. That's part of the that's part of the, the job now of being a reporter and telling the truth that just countering the mainstream lies, countering the mainstream narrative. And so when you can kind of put your finger on the pulse of what they're going to do, you can kind of see what they're going to do next. And, and see what the deception is. So I think there's some value in monitoring that, at least from uh, where I sit at a news desk. But yeah, the Young Turks will never get a second of my time. Uh, I, I wish they would actually like debate us. I mean, that would be fun. That would actually be something that would probably get millions of views, but for some reason they never have any interest in that. I think the uh, Alex and Chank interaction is one of my favorite videos of all time. Uh, who is that that spits on him? Is that G was that Jimmy Dore who spit on Alex Jones? I think it was, yeah. And, now and the funny thing is that video and the Van Jones video, they were both from the Republican National Convention in 2016. All those videos, they had millions of views banned from YouTube. Can't even. So I don't know how you guys found him. Good job. <laughs> Something I've noticed about everything that's happened here over the last 18 months is the people who become popular like yourself, like the Chris guys. I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting that have just launched. And even if they weren't taken off social media like you were for a while, like Chris guy has been their star power would be even bigger. Have you noticed a swing in a lot of people in what they're willing to listen to and who they're willing to hold up as, you know, like a celebrity? Has it kind of leveled the playing field, whereas, like, 
like you mentioned, if, if you're just shilling for something, if you're just, and for those who may not know what that means, that means you're going at, like, out of your way to promote something just for the money, you don't really believe in it. Does this level the playing field be, for, for media outlets and celebrities where people would normally listen to them, even doctors and nurses? People aren't trusting anything anymore. Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it, pretty much anybody who sticks their neck out, well, I, I guess I should actually start here. Like, I, I went to the rallies and I tried to talk to some of these guys. Like, I talked to Chris, I talked to Vlad, hugs over a mask. And these guys are kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever, because everybody approaches them. And it's like, to be associated with these people, you have to stick your neck out and do something courageous. And as soon as I did, I was just welcomed in with open arms by all these people. And it's not that they were trying to co-op on what I was doing. They were like, yes, there it is. It's not me. It's not the barbecue restaurant. It's courage. When they see that and recognize it and you elevate yourself to that level, then you're, you're in that playing field. And it doesn't matter who you are. It could be a guy like Chris Skye, who's, I don't really know what his background is, but he's gained a lot of notoriety in this because of simple things. Just say no. Showing people how to assert their rights. Like, that's so invaluable, what he's done. Showing people, hey, here's how you walk in a store and claim medical exemption. Here's how you get on an airplane. You gotta get the medical note. And he's just showing people, that's it going about his life just like he was before. And he does some speaking and media engagements and stuff like that, but really all he's done is live his life as normal and show everybody here's how you can continue to do it because that's how you fight this. You just live like you were back in 2019. So whether so it's- So long ago. <laughs> it feels like yeah. it. It feels like it's been an eternity of this new normal. So same thing, the pastors, the business owners, uh, my friend Vlad hugs over mass. All, all these people have done it. said, I, I got to do something. I got to take a stand here. So you don't have to be some type of spectacular person. You don't need to have three restaurants or be the pastor of a church. Anybody can get involved with this at your level. Like, what does that mean to you in your life? Is that you at your work, speaking your truth, talking to people, informing them, talking to management? starting a class action lawsuit, writing letters into the management. No, we're not all gonna just you know, uh, roll over and take this experimental gene therapy. Um, everybody has a role that they can play in this. It's just finding out what that is and instead of you know, looking at everybody else for the answers, it's like, what can I personally do? I agree, it's up to regular people and regular citizens to you know, make a stand. When it's gone this long, I ask people who are, who are saying, oh, it's because of people like you who are perpetuating this, I say, how long is it going to take for you to speak out? People who, sit, who are afraid to speak out because of their jobs or whatever, how long, 10 years, five years, until it becomes too, not taboo enough to speak out about it? I don't know, I get a little bit frustrated, I'm sure you do, with some of those people. Yeah. I want to get to maybe some more fun stuff because it has somehow splashed onto me um, because, as you're aware, Rebel News had a Adamson Barbecue t-shirt mm -hmm. and People would be saying all these conspiracies about Adam Skelly. Adam Skelly is a psyop. Adam yeah. Skelly is Illuminati. Yeah, I and <clears throat> I was talking to a person one day, or I wasn't even talking to them. I had spoken to a person who's told me these things, and I was like, I don't think you realize, what, like, it's not that complicated. <laughs> but then it somehow splashed onto me when the same person started posting things that the Adamson, the Adam Skelly barbecue T-shirt. Is specifically uses specific letters that relates to numerology because these Gematria. numbers these numbers add up and they mean this and I was like I was in the room when when the t-shirt was thought about <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't any Satanism going on what do you what was all that those devil statues um, that passed by listen, the we're remodeling um, <laughs> no now people are gonna clip that you realize and, and, and <laughs> say what do you do you say anything to these people are there some h more hilarious ones that you've heard 
Oh yeah, like uh, constantly, like at least a couple times a week, I get a e uh, message or something that's like someone all smugly high and mighty calling me some type of controlled opposition. Like, mm -hmm. oh, how was the Masonic Temple last night? Mm -hmm. it's, it's so funny. There's one website where someone put actually a lot of effort and care into this, and they said, uh, well, he's 33 years old, so, and that's, I, th I think, I don't know much about the Masons, but I think there's 33 levels that are exposed. So because I'm 33, I must be also by nature, a 33-degree Freemason. And then it was, well, one day I was wearing a red checkered shirt, and the next day I was wearing a blue checkered shirt. Mm. So that's showing the polarity, and then the checkers are like the Mason tiles on the floor. A lot floor. of Canadians are guilty of this, then, if they're wearing multiple checkered shirts. I know, and it's like, maybe you should come to my house, because actually the simplest answer is I only have three <laughs> shirts. And, I, like, the one I'm wearing today is dirty from yesterday. <laughs> I'm more of a Scientology guy. You guys can say I'm OT3 in Scientology. That's some it's crazy stuff and even from the day you were arrested people said the wink at, and the smile you gave to the camera when you said I love you was a was a message as well to the Illuminati and that stuff oh I was saying I love you to my to my reptilian handlers or that's, something like that that's fun that's that's what we're going for here I think yeah, now can I get a little dark for a minute how so, dark sometimes I wonder maybe do those people have the right idea because who are we trying to save here? It feels like there's lots of people who are on side with us, but the rallies, it's all the same people. It's all the same faces for, you know, for a year and a half, other people aren't getting involved. A lot of people seem pretty brainwashed. Maybe like they don't have the cognitive ability to really see what's going on here. Maybe is that the right side to be on? This is, you're just taking, <laughs> you're just taking liberties now and people are gonna make clips and be like, see, I told you. Did you see the, I think it was, um, San Francisco Chronicle, they wrote an op-ed article saying why the state of California should be able to take your children away. And it's just like, it, it could be a joke. You know, that's why like, I, I don't even know anymore, like Babylon B stuff Th that could be like a Babylon B article, but there's literally like psycho fringe liberals writing articles like, Hey, the government should take your kids away. And this is why not to get on a soapbox real quick, but I think Republicans, conservatives in Canada, like they should just be honest and straightforward because this is not a popular issue. Even recent polling, I saw a lot of Republicans like, oh, you know, 50 something percent of Democrats agree with authoritarianism. And that's crazy. But that means that like 50 percent don't, you know, so this is a huge issue to gain a lot of voters. They're going crazy. It's not normal or popular. And you know, a lot of people only know certain things they hear on CNN or Fox news, and they're always fighting about the wall or something. And there's a place for that. But I think this, this stuff is like a real wedge issue that they could win on. So it's like, highlight these people writing articles like five years ago, they would have been taken for evaluation, but now they have, you know, puffy jobs at like mainstream media conglomerates. That's a good perspective. Unfortunately, For sure. Uh, I want to, I, I keep seeing and the reason I brought up uh, Canadian stuff earlier is partially because I keep seeing like some some of you guys and then other people as well. I think they're waking up, you know, to the question of Canada lately, whether it's, you know, the Quebec fining people for being unvaccinated or something like that. But we also had this conversion therapy law passed. I don't know how much you guys have read about this, but I think the, the main problem here, I think, is when people hear conversion therapy, what goes in their mind is like a sort of like 1960s electroshock therapy. They're beating you at a camp or something, but it's, it's actually not that at all and i think there's a uh, an article we can pull up from ctv that basically explains it. it's a little bit it's a left-leaning outlet up here but explains a little bit of what it is and they get into how um it's illegal i think 
it was 30 days after his passing. It was just a couple weeks ago. Um, here we go. It's now legal. Scroll down to the middle, I think. Conversion therapy. I want to blow that up a bit for viewers south of the border. Conversion therapy, as it's called, seeks to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual or gender identity. That's the key thing. Or gender identity to cisgender. It can include seeking to repress someone's non-heterosexual attraction or rep repressing this person's gender expression or non-cisgender identity. So I think we all three of us probably agree that, like, you shouldn't, like, try to change a person for who they are. But in terms of, like, saying maybe you're not a different gender to, I don't know, like, a five-year-old. Maybe you're not a bear. Maybe you're not, like, a boy if you were born a girl. Maybe that's, like, that's going too far. And Matt Walsh, to circle back what I was saying, he tweeted a part of the actual uh, the bill there. And I just wanted to go over a few of those thoughts. Click on that image for me. Oh, I guess we're cutting. Yeah, there we go. Um, changing sex, sexual orientation to heterosexual. Change a person's identity, gender identity to cisgender. Change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth. So you can't convince, I guess, a child to conform to the sex assigned them at birth, gender identity, gender expression. Now, this comes with a penalty of up to two years in prison. And this goes back to, like, when Jordan Peterson was saying years ago, I think it was 2017, that this sort of stuff would soon be used against us. And everybody was like, no, don't be such a bigot. Uh, do, do you guys see this as a, as a big of a problem as I think I, it, that it is? Or am I talking to myself again here? I'll well, be quick because I know, yeah, go, I was going to say, I know Savannah could go off on this. She's an expert, but, go off, you know, Savannah. to be brief, Jordan Peterson was right. The slippery slope was real. Um, as far as the gender stuff, they could just arrest you. If you're, if, you know, you say your wife wants to change the gender of your kid and you say, no, now you could go to prison. That's so dangerous. But even just on the gay stuff, even if it wasn't that, I think it's messed up because all of society is trying to make people gay all the time. You know, like they're trying to make kids gay, adults gay, tell you you're gay, you're bi. So it, it's just not fair that they could, you know, try to make everyone gay, but then a straight person couldn't do the opposite. I mean, it's, it's all bad, but definitely the gender stuff's the worst. 100%, especially because we're targeting our children with that. And if you look at the definition of this bill, what does conversion therapy, what can that even be defined as? Okay, you have a son, and then you go buy your son a bear, and then you put him in blue clothes. Is that considered conversion therapy? Because you're, you know, making him convinced that he's a boy because that's what his gender actually is. So we're living through such an insane time where we're targeting the next generation. And why are they being targeted? Yuri Bezmenov, who was a KGB defector and propagandist expert talked about how to subvert an entire country to subvert an entire, uh, you know, people, you would have to target the younger generation. And then within a 15 to 20 year time span, you would see what that actually looks like. You would see the, the, uh, I guess, re-education of the children and of that next generation. And that's what we're seeing right now with these kids, with how confused that they, they're being with their gender with just everything we're seeing in our universities. It's absolutely disgusting to me. And children shouldn't be targeted. If you want to be gay, you're 18 plus, go ahead and knock yourself out, but stop pushing it down everyone else's throats and stop targeting kids with this. It's disgusting. What would yeah, you say to say crazy. somebody... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, what would you say to somebody, Savannah, that says, you know, I, I believe my child... Because a, a man in British Columbia has already been arrested for this last year for not adhering mm -hmm. to his daughter's... Uh, a gender transition 
I'm sure I'm getting a bit of it wrong, but he went to, he served jail time. They had a whole, you know, media embargo on it. You couldn't talk to it. What would you say to somebody who's like, you know, my, my child who's eight believes that they're a girl. They believe strongly in it. I want to just, you know, support them and let them be happy. I would say to that, who is your child being influenced by and surrounded by? And, you know, we can look at the education system. We can look at our schools. If you look at the percentages of children who now identify as the LGBTQIA, you know, whatever sexuality, you'll see that there's been a huge uptick in that because they are in being influenced by their teachers, by their fellow peers, by the media, by cartoons for crying out loud. So I would ask that parent, you know, who's really influencing your child here? And also, too, I mean, not everybody is religious, but I will point out that that is why it's important to have some basis of religion, and that is why it's important to, you know, have God as a part of your life, if you will. I'm a Christian person. I genuinely see that we've taken God out of society and look at where we've gotten to. We now have children being raised as babies. They're super confused. Suicide rates are going up. Depression rates are going up. Drug use is going up. And this is just supposed to be normal, and we're propping up mental illness in society. Anomaly, where do you see this leading? What do you think the ramifications are as a society or an entire country when this stuff is being pushed? So I, I think it's pretty obvious that it's being pushed really hard. I think it's already there. So now you could go to prison. Like, you know, if your teacher, their kid's teacher is six, seven years old, she is far left and convinces him that he's something because he hears it six, eight hours a day. And you're the parent, you're supposed to be able to, you know, take your kid out of school, say that you want a different teacher. This is what parents do. They're trying to take the parent out and then they could arrest you. They could steal your kid. And this is so dangerous. It's already there. And where they're going is they just want to make it illegal for anybody to disagree with their authoritarianism. Like in America, the Rogan stuff, it's really just a way to say, if anybody opposes our regime, big pharma, big government, you know, you are misinformation, you are hate speech, you are, you know, I guess, uh, like LGBT offensive, whatever they call it, homophobic. They're finding ways to put this in legislation to really just take your kids, uh, stop you from ever questioning everything they're doing from forced masking, forced injections, you know, forced LGBT, like they can force it down your throat, but you can't do the opposite or even defend yourself. And uh, I just pray that, you know, conservatives here in America and Canada get smart because I see this thing happening where they end up going further left to try to appease the middle ground. And, you know, things that say like Bryson Gray, who I did a song with, he has Christian opinions, like a lot of people, and he's now, you know, not allowed to play at certain events and they kind of black list him in some ways because they find it too offensive. But his stance was a Hillary Clinton stance in 2000 and an Obama stance. So it's like, he's at, you know, they're now further left than Obama and Hillary used to be. And they think that this is a way to win, but it's really not. And I think, uh, even a lot of liberal and progressive parents are starting to realize how crazy uh, the school system's getting and how abusive it is and how creepy it is. And it's starting to wake a lot of people up. So I pray that conservatives see this for what it really is and get smart because, you know, I hate to be a downer. I'm a very optimistic person, but I do believe that they want to put people in prison for a lot of things for literally just being moral, honest, and a good parent. And they're going to keep passing laws like this to try to basically make it illegal to dissent from the authoritarian regime. And I mean, it's already slowly happening, but you know, once again, the slippery slope is exactly correct. Christian pastors, Jordan Peterson, a hundred percent right. And this is just further proof. That was a very special episode of Andrew says very patriotic for Canada day and the 4th of July. You like that pause Canada day. It's always, it's always tough to say it. David Menzies wants me to say dominion day, but I'm never going to do it, but I digress.
You know, each and every Canada Day, we try to send Rebel News personnel out all across the world, all across the continent, but we can't do that right now. Why? Because we still have restrictions in this country. So for this Canada Day, I don't know, the 300th or whatever it is, pray for our restrictions to be lifted.